thorny as we venture into the R&R, two truths are consistent. We love our dear Montana state and we love great beer. And you know who else feels the same? Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. Brewed in the heart of Montana in downtown Great Falls, Jeremiah Johnson takes Montana's finest ingredients to craft some of Montana's favorite beers. And now, Jeremiah Johnson's second tap room is open in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Their Citra IPA is probably one of my favorites, but we all know, Thorny, you're not the hop lover I am. You're more of a mountain man scotch ale. Well, Foley, I'm certainly not a mountain man, but you are right. I do love their mountain man scotch ale. But come game day, you and I are both cracking their golden bobcat pale ale. So when you're looking for a quality craft beer brewed with Montana roots, a relaxing tap room, or just a six-pack to take to your favorite bobcat tailgate, Jeremiah Johnson delivers. Make your next beer a Jeremiah Johnson, and as always, go Cats! Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR Catcast. I'm your host, Ryan Foley. He's your host, Ryan Thornburg. We are the Ryans of the RNR Catcast, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network. And we have a dink sponsor in Jeremiah Johnson Brewing, doing awesome beers in downtown Great Falls with the second tap room over in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Thorny, it's the season ender, buddy. We're going to talk Bobcat football one more time for the 2021. And I guess you could put it 2022 season. We had one game in there. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Bittersweet. Um, you know, it's feels crazy like we've been recording for a long time we started this back in basically july when we went to the <laughs> the big sky media kickoff event in spokane that kind of kicked off the season for us i think we've done this might be the 43rd episode this season when we include like the uh, instant reaction shows it's been absolutely no absolutely crazy but here we are bittersweet like i said sad that the season's over kind of relieved a little bit that i get to take a little bit of a break from the podcast but Overall, man, I'm excited to to put a bow on this season because, man, it was such a fun season, and this is going to be a fun episode to record. Well, I agree with that. It was a really fun season, and it was something uh, I don't know if I saw coming, to be honest with you. But, you know, the, the whole run through the, to the national championship was amazing. We'll get into that, no doubt. But, yeah, 43 episodes? That's crazy to me. Like, that's just I have no clue. I thought really? I calculated 43? that, and uh, that could be completely wrong. But uh, it's been a lot. <laughs> we'll just leave it like that. Well, yeah. we doubled up the episodes this year too, so that was uh, something we did. So yeah. who knows? Who knows? It's, a, new... it's been a lot, and it's gonna be fun to recap our predictions, like you were talking about our preseason predictions, what we got wrong. I think uh, that'll be fun for us to do. So many, so many podcasts and stuff like talk about like all oh, the toot their own horn, what we got right. I think I think it'd be fun to talk about how wrong we were. <laughs> which we are which we are most most uh yeah most of the time because like number one we are fans we're not professionals it's true we're just two dude two dudes two dads mainly in montana or excuse me washington uh watching from afar that's, that's right what we are <laughs> all right uh all right so some season to remember no doubt let's uh get into the 
the outline of the show. We're going to send off the seniors. We'll talk a little bit about the outgoing seniors and some guys we kind of have some question marks on. Are they leaving? Are they staying? We'll mention them. And then we're going to get into our thoughts on the season, do a little season recap. We'll, we'll go back and recap uh, our, the schedule and not necessarily dive into the games, but Ryan and I made some predictions back in, I think it was September, early August, one of those two. Somewhere. And uh, we put the, put the pencil to the paper and um, pushed the W's and L's around, and we'll talk about those. And when we have some Golden Cooley questions that we'll sp- sprinkle in throughout the conversation. We'll try to do a better job at putting those in like where they fit into the conversation, not just at the very end and say, oh, man, we already talked about that. So uh, we'll see what, what we can do there. And I think that's it, Ryan, right? Sounds good. I'm sure we're missing something like we always do. We always go off on some sort of tangent. But yeah, that was uh, that's the gist of it, I think. We have some news as well. So we'll get into news. There's some news, There's yeah. A couple of things we can talk about. Some news today. Actually, uh, a couple of things today that are kind of be interesting to talk about briefly. All right. Uh, well, let's talk about what's in our Golden Coolies. I got the, uh, the, uh, the Missoula, well, the, the, <laughs> the Bayern Amber. Missoula is what I'm drinking tonight. Ooh, classic solid, amber, man. Yeah, I love ambers. It is a they make good amber. They make a good one. I never really paid much attention. I actually kind of like their little uh, their logo, which is like a, a square looking lion's head thing, angular lion head. I don't know what it is. You know what I'm talking about? Is he a is he a lion? He looks like a lion. Is a bear? Oh, yeah, that? that has a specific name for it, but I'm not sure what that specific name is right now, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, some sort of, uh, I don't know, pretty sure, it's a, pretty sure it's a line, but yeah, I actually like it. It's kind of a cool little logo. Nice, man. I don't have a beer tonight because I'm still doing my uh, no beer for 21 days, which has been going really well, by the way. Thanks for asking. I'm, I'm so glad you were concerned about that. Uh Tonight I have something I've been mixing up a little, uh, mixing up in this past uh, couple weeks. I have half club soda and half V8, and then I sprinkle in some pepper and some Alpine Touch. I have myself like like a little cocktail. It's pretty tasty. I basically put that on everything. <laughs> That's my. Uh, I got a story about Gus Totel. Gus Totel reading his Alpine Touch ad read. <laughs> if you're familiar, put it on my cereal. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> sprinkle it on my cereal when i wake up uh my dad i remember living in ohio we lived in ohio for a brief moment in time when i was probably like preschool and my dad would pay me a quarter to chug v8s v8s come Why? in those like little like six six ounce cans. yeah who just dare me to do it because they're not good it's like as like a little kid you don't want to drink a v8 he's like no. i'll give you a quarter i was like dang a quarter all right, man. You know, I think I might go That's for it. That's a lot of money back and in our start. day. Right now, it'll buy you nothing, <laughs> but it buy some candy. Anyway. It was it was in those little cans. Do you remember? They didn't even have pop tops on them. They, they just had that little cellophane a pull tab that you'd pull back, and it was like a little triangle. <laughs> Do you remember those? No. I don't. I didn't drink a lot of V8 <laughs> growing up. Okay. Well, anyways, so I'm sitting here. Fast forward to 2022. I have a kid of my own. I have like two little boys running around the house. And I told Miles, he's my seven-year-old. I go, Miles, I'll give you a dollar. Oh, that's a good inflation you know, Inflation right is there. a real deal. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, there's no way. I was like, all right, I'll go up to $2 if you chug this whole can of V8. And he looks at me and goes, 50. 
fifty dollars. I was like, you're raising a smart kid right there. Don't make it go home. No, two is the highest I go miles. And he goes, well, let me taste it first for a moment. I go, no, you just got to chug it right now. And he's like, I ain't doing it. I was like, I used to do this for a quarter. He's like, why quarter, dad? I was like, I don't know. Because what my dad would offer me. But uh, I don't know. You're raising a free thinker there, fully a capitalist. I like it. (laughs) An entrepreneur. He knows the value of his his taste buds. It's worth more than a quarter to him. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm paying you 50 bucks to chug a V8. Come on. No way. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but I like his, I like his, uh, his, uh, his attempt there. He's like, I'm out. 50 bucks. I No. All right. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> well done, Miles. All right. Uh, let's get into some, some news that came out today. Or, I mean, not just today. We've had some news that came out over the last couple of weeks. So we'll start with uh, something fun. Justice Perkins earned scholarship. How about that? Woo! Good job. Yeah, that's pretty awesome uh, to read on Twitter here today. Definitely deserved it. Yeah. Well done. If you don't know, Justice Perkins is the the center for the Bobcats, in case you weren't familiar with that. Uh, Awesome. A partial scholarship guy or a preferred, I guess it'd be preferred walk-on, earned a scholarship after starting basically all year. So congratulations to Justin Perkins. Did you see uh, Tommy Malop make an Instagram post about that? Saying, I, my I center? I did not know. Nice. That's good. It's good to hear. Tommy Malop doesn't say anything on social media, and he comes out today with this post saying, my center. And there's a picture of Justice Perkins right there. Gotta love it, I man. I just thought it was a little, yeah, I do. I do love it. Um, just something I didn't expect from Tommy no, Malott there. No, even you saying that to me right now, I was like, that's not Tommy Malott. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Tommy. Might not be. He might be paying someone to do his Instagram for him. It's true. He's so famous now. Got to get that, oh, uh, man. that those followers up to get some of that NIL money. <laughs> All right. Nate Potter, our tight ends coach, moving back to Boise State. He's a Boise State alum. I thought he was going there last year. There was some chatter about him. There was. Moving back there last year, so not surprising on that. Uh, well done, well deserved. For we sure. didn't get to listen to the guy. I think I've only heard maybe two to three interviews of him. Every time I listen to him, sound like a good guy. Uh, he, by all means, he was a, a like coach, a players coach, and so he'll be missed. It'll be interesting to see who we hire there. But yeah, that that came out today. That did. And speaking of hires, um, or not hires yet. We had a question asked of us on Twitter. Jason Gum asked us, have we hired a defensive coordinator yet? I'd love to give you an answer there, Jason, but, uh, you know, we're just in the dark, just as in the dark as everyone else is on this. So no news that I've heard on that front yet. Dad Gum. Too quiet. For Mr. Gum. <laughs> Dad Gum. Oh, man. There's a Dad-gum. offline thing that we do way too often. So let's, let's, not, <laughs> let's not make them suffer along with our Dad Gum jokes. But uh, yeah, no, no defensive coordinator um, yet. I'm, I'm a little surprised. I've been actually following like Twitter every day, expecting some sort of news, transfer portal, one way or the other, in or out, coaching hires. There's been very little outside of like all of a sudden Nate Potter basically announced by Boise State. Like I'm kind of surprised that we heard nothing about that beforehand. But, uh, you know, other than that, been real quiet on the news front here a couple weeks out from the national championship game. Getting pretty close to a national signing that, day. 
Do you find that different in way the way Jeff Chilt handled it? I feel like it is, but uh, you know, that's just a gut feeling. Like, am, am I correct on that? I don't know. Felt like Jeff Chilt was always like, "Hey, this is our new guy. Here it is. You know, we're, we're going to make the graphic. Everything's big, big, big." I don't know. Jeff Chilt was more of production. Jeff, uh, Jeff Vegan. I almost called him Jeff Vegan. Brent Vegan is more. Who's the one drinking? Close to the vest. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the one drinking. Well, also Jeff Chilt like really uh, to my head. Fired people mid season <laughs> and has somebody ready to fill in the spot immediately yeah. the next day. So it's, it's still a different scenario. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> well stated, sir. Is there any other All news? Right. Hey, it seems like you were you had some other news that uh, you were alluding to. Is that is that it? You said the last couple of weeks, but all this is today. So, oh, I think we probably should kind of mention in some post. Like, do you want to talk about the guys who got to go to um, some bowls, some senior bowls? I would love to, but I don't have anything stuff. down in front of me though. Yeah, I wrote some stuff down. Okay, hey, hit us, hit the listeners. I'll... <laughs> So uh, let's see. Uh, Troy Anderson, Lewis Kidd got named to the Walter Camp All America team. They were first teams. Troy Anderson, this is going to be a lot. Of Troy Anderson, by the way, Troy Anderson was named Phil Steele 2021 FCS Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he was also named the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year, if you did not know that. Uh, Troy Anderson also was the FCS ADA, the Athletic Directors Association Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> so, uh, that's a lot of Troy Anderson right there. Uh, Phil Steele came out with his FCS All-America team, as as he normally does. Uh, let's see. Daniel Hardy was on the first team. Troy Anderson was on the first team. Uh, let's see. Afonso was second team. Lewis Kidd was second team. And then Phil Steele also has a FCS All-Freshman team in which uh, Stones Glessner got second team on hey. that. So, that's that's what I have right there. I didn't have any of the bowls. I I don't know why I didn't write that down. But uh, I know the senior bowl was uh, Troy Anderson, and that's that's a big one. Lewis Kid and uh, Mondre Williams, Troy Anderson, and I, I I might be missing another senior there. But Lance McCutcheon, I, I think all those guys got, Yeah, Lance McCutcheon. There it is. They all got invites to different bowls. So Lewis Kid just got one today from the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. That was actually came out here today. I'm not entirely familiar with. I'm not familiar with any of these, to be honest with you. We're just trying to give you a little bit of the news here. You're better off going on Twitter and finding all this stuff. We, we didn't actually com- write all that down, like Foley said. But uh, congratulations to all the guys uh, that were selected. I hope they make big impressions, and I'm hoping we have some guys in the NFL. So good luck. Good question, Ryan. Do when they go to these bowls, are they actual game or are they just skill stuff? It's a good question. I think most of them are actual games where they have coaches and they actually compete. I, I think they actually they practice for like a week leading up to it. But I think some of them might just be more of a showcase type thing. I think Lewis Kidd was, was already in something like that, where it was more of a, a camp type thing. Um, he was already in something like that, but now he's in another actual bowl. And I think these are actual games. So I, I think it kind of depends. Gotcha. I think I think most of them are games. But again, like I, I don't really follow this kind of stuff. I'm not an NFL draft Kind of K. That's not what I do. Right on. All right. Let's move this along. Let's talk about the seniors that are leaving the program. So we just want to say, man, congratulations to the the list of seniors. We didn't talk much about it in our North Dakota State recap game, um, but we have the big list of seniors that we want to give shout outs to that really 
helped make the program what it is today. They helped make this season one of the most memorable and magical seasons that Bobcat fans have had in a long, long time. Um, these are in no particular order. I just copied these from a post on Bobcat Nation. I'm, I'm hoping they're accurate. I don't even have who uh, put it down there. So not citing my sources. Terrible journalistic integrity here. But we got Trey Webb, senior, graduating here, safety. Amandre Williams, defensive end. Daniel Hardy, defensive end. Troy Anderson, linebacker. Chase Benson, defensive tackle. Tyrell Thomas, cornerback. Nate Stewart, wide receiver. Lance McCutcheon, wide receiver. Ryan Davis, tight end. Taylor Tuisasopo, offensive lineman. And Lewis Kidd, offensive lineman. Those are the lists of seniors that I have down here that are graduating and moving on. And I just want to congratulate each one of them on a fantastic career at Montana State and just say thank you for being a Bobcat. It's very cordial of you. What? What? Why? Hey, man. <laughs> Why wouldn't oh, I be cordial? I don't know. It's a good point. I watched that Troy Anderson film, that highlight film that was posted on Bobcat Nation today at the end of work. <laughs> When I was like just sitting in my chair, just like not wanting to grade papers, it really dawned on me that we're not watching Troy Anderson next year. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, how are we going to replace that guy?" <laughs> like, like that was like probably the first thought I had right? of that in my entire life. I was like, "He filled so many holes on defense. He closed the gap so fast on so many of those tackles. How are we going to replace that?" How are we going to do that? We're going to place his like leadership, his like his uh, (laughs) the other intangible off the field qualities that he brought. And we'll actually talk a lot about Troy Anderson here in a minute before we move on to anything else, because we have some Golden Cooley questions about it. And it's just worth talking about. And so but anyone else you want to kind of single out here, man, like uh, this is such a good list of seniors right here. Every one of these guys was a huge contributor this year. And and in the case of like Lewis Kidd, Taylor Tusasopo. Like Tyrell Thomas, Lance McCutcheon, Ryan Davis, those guys have been Chase Benson, excuse me, those, and you know Trey Anderson, obviously. So those guys have been in the program for a long time, like for four or five, yeah. six years, or whatever. COVID. I mean, Tyrell Thomas burst onto the scene as a freshman, breaking up that pass deflection at the end of the 2016 Cat Grizz game to seal it in Bozeman. Legend, right off the bat. And I, had, yeah. I feel bad for the kid. He had kind of an injury riddled senior year or he lost favor with the coaches or a combination of a and B. I don't know, but, uh, wasn't, I'm sure the senior year he was hoping for, but man, he had a solid career as a Bobcat. I just want to, you know, give a little shout out to Tyrell Thomas here. Yeah. Good point on that. Think of Lewis kid and just watching him grow into his body essentially. And mm-hmm. then watching his hair grow <laughs> over the four or five seasons. He was such a good ambassador for Montana state as well. I know like uh, when he becomes, you know, his future NFL self and then he gets out there, we talked to him. He talked about wanting to do stuff with kids. Can you imagine Lewis kid as a gym teacher? Yes. No, mentioned gym teacher. Yes, yeah. He'd, He'd be personality for it, but he's a very, very large man. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm really happy for all these lists of guys. Uh, even guys like Trey Webb kid from San Diego. No, excuse me. Where, where San Jose did Trey come from? Yeah, San Jose, there he is, uh, who was a first-teamer and then comes over to Montana State. A uh, kid who was looking to go to North uh, Notre Dame out of all out of all the schools. Such a cool story. I was uh, 
just so happy that he had such a important role in our defense. It was crucial. We got to yeah, got to the national championship with his help. I'm sure he looks at this year positively as he exits Montana State. And then you guys got you got guys like Lance McCutcheon and Daniel Hardy who've been in the program forever, just haven't had a lot of playing time. Either they were still developing, they had very talented guys in front of them, but for them to stick around to their senior year, and both of them had just breakout senior years, like massive All-American type senior years. Lance McCutcheon broke like the single season yardage record at Montana State. Daniel Hardy was an absolute animal, All-American type stuff there. You got to give credit to those kinds of guys who just stuck around, developed, and uh, did the right way, and they earned everything they got this year. All right. Hey, Ryan, there's a list of guys here that we we don't know, but we've heard. Do you want to talk about those guys as well? Yeah, so these are these are basically, uh, we know, I'm pretty positive Tucker Rovick has come out and said he's not returning. He's only a junior. I, I don't have the um, years listed here. But obviously, they're not seniors according to the death chart. But COVID has made this very confusing or guys who were injured. Um, but these are guys that Tai Okada specifically called out in his post-game press conference on after the, the championship game as guys he wanted to thank that aren't coming back. So Kyle Rigg, who was, hurt, who was the starter defensive tackle this year before he was injured. So maybe he's got just injuries. I, I'm not sure what's going on there. But Kyle Rigg is rumored to not be coming back according to Tai Okada. Tayden Gilman um, is a linebacker from Bozeman. Is he from Bozeman? Uh, That's about right. Dylan Porter, offensive lineman who's been in uh, the, the rotation. we got Byron Rollins, who played a pretty solid role this year, which actually would be nice to have him come back. But pretty sure he went on a mission, so he's probably like 24 or 25 at this point. Um, then you got uh, Peyton Hanser, wide receiver from, I want to say, Billings, who a lot of people had big expectations for, but never – I don't even think he ever got, got a single catch in his career. But anyway, those are the guys that we've heard – uh, aren't coming back, but uh, you know, don't quote us on that. Um, those aren't confirmed. Tuckerovic, I think, would be the one that I would confirm is not coming back because he has said himself, unless he can be talked into coming back, I think he's done. And he could have talk- one of those roles where, where he, uh, hold on, he has, he could have one of those roles where he, he's like a uh, grad assistant on Montana State, and then we meet him six games in and, uh, Puts his helmet back on. Locker room. Like we talked about the Zeb <laughs> Noland who transferred from North Dakota State to South Carolina as a grad grad assistant and ended up playing. I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. But uh, can we talk about Tuckerova for a minute, man? Because I want to – we need to give Tuckerova some credit here before we move on to anything else. How big was it him coming in for the national championship game, sticking around the, the program, like losing his job over and over? Like he's going to be the guy – He's passed up. He's going to be the guy he's passed up. Could have transferred. Could have just quit football like like a, many other players might have done. Stuck around. We needed him in the national championship. He came in and he played admirably. Admirably, He's been a consummate t- uh, teammate in the entire year. Just huge props to Tucker Rovig. What a, what a guy. What a um, good captain. What a good ambassador for Montana State. Very happy for everything that came to Tucker Rovig here this season. Quintessential teammate, quintessential Bobcat. Very proud of the guy. We always rooted for him on on this show, on the on this podcast. I remember when uh when uh oh my gosh, Matt McKay, when Matt McKay left, I was calling for Tucker Rovig. And yeah. Tommy Mullock comes on the scene. Oh yeah. 
must have been a tough year for him, but a rewarding year as well, because I think he got a taste of what's to come for him. He was our quarterback's coach. He was the guy on the sideline, bringing in McKay, bringing in Malat, giving them guidance. That's what he wants to do. Yep. So I think this worked out really well for him, honestly. I hope if, I hope if he jumps right, in, right into coaching, why not be a grad coach right here in Bozeman? Exactly. Hope that Hopefully yeah. that works out. All right, so we're still talking about seniors. We're, we're still talking about players. You want to talk a little bit more Troy Anderson? We have to. We have to talk a little bit Troy Anderson. <laughs> you mentioned the highlight video that he, that oh, he didn't put man. out, but that was put out by a poster on Bobcat Nation's son. I don't have the name Correct. of the poster at the moment, but I've been waiting. new poster. I've been waiting years for someone to put out highlights of, of Troy Anderson. I just wanted to see some of those crazy runs from his – Record set, record setting like a QB power season, right? Like I wanted to see some of those runs again. Like they're just the highlight just don't exist. I was I forgot how fast right? he was. He was so he fast. Was so he still explosive. is fast. Like I'm not sure he's quite as fast because he's bulked up some, but he could probably still do a lot of those things. Let's let's be honest. And just watching some of those games, like in Portland State, where he rushed for like 211 yards. If I'm going off my terrible memory here, somewhere in that range, north of 200, man, it was it was kind of kind of fun reliving that. Just watching a watching a highlight reel where a guy takes handoffs, he throws passes, he rushes for touchdowns from the Wildcat quarterback spot, and then he's all of a sudden, oh, he's on defense now. He's just crunching dudes. Like, what a crazy highlight package! I think this is a good time to talk about uh, the Golden Cooley question of Troy Anderson. Yes. And let me see if I can find that set uh, in front of you, Thorny. Sure. Is he your favorite Bobcat okay. of all time before we even get any further? Uh, no. My, my favorite Bobcat of all time is still Travis Lule. Lule, yeah. I'm sure that, sure that kind of um, your favorite player kind of just relates to when you went up through the school, right? Chances are right. your favorite player is going to be someone that was there when you were in school. I think that's probably okay, pretty common. But yes, go ahead. Uh, Golden Cooley question from Pat Laird. I believe I said that right uh, off of Twitter. So how long until number 15 is retired by MSU? It's a very select group and Troy is definitely worthy in my opinion. You know, I don't know the timeline for retiring jerseys, but I, I absolutely think we should retire 15. Yeah. Did they retire Lule's number? They did not. It's actually, no. so it's, uh, I think it's, I had this, I was researching this today and I didn't actually take any notes on it. Pretty sure it's Jan Stenrud, Bill Collar, Sonny Holland, and Don Hass are the only players who've had their numbers retired in Montana history. And I was actually thinking like, did all those guys win national championships? And no, that's actually not the criteria. I was thinking like, well, Troy didn't win a national championship, so was he automatically disqualified kind of here? Because, yeah, you got guys like Travis Lule or even Denarius McGee who would be good candidates in my opinion. Just from what Troy has meant to the program and the absolutely crazy career he's had all four years, it's not like he just came on at the end. I mean, you you got to retire it, right? He's a Montana kid. He wore the same number his entire career. <laughs> it just seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, if you don't retire Troy's jersey, then then what do you? Then who for? do you retire? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm recapping it at that point because 
he probably is the greatest Bobcat of all time. I would say so. And I don't know how these things are influenced. Um, I don't actually know when the first like opportunity to retire is it or X amount of years that it has to pass, but whatever it comes to vote, he's going to be in the NFL. He's probably going to be playing pretty well in the NFL. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I think that influences these kinds of things. This isn't like a Walter Payton award where you have to vote based on their regular season stats. Like you're going to, you're going to take into effect account that he went on the NFL. So it, I think you have to, man. I don't know. The, the original question is how long I think Pat's assuming it will be. I have no idea. I don't know the time frame, but it's going to happen. Yeah. I think within one to two years, we'll yeah. have a big ceremony. I'm hoping there's even no number 15 next year. <laughs> Heck no. They won't touch it. Those players won't touch it. They'll be like, that's Troy's number. That's <laughs> right. That's, that's off limits. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's going to happen. I think that's a done deal. Let's consider that a done deal. And done if it's deal. not... That has to be, really. I mean, that's just no question. How about a statue? A statue, Troy, now that that's getting a little <laughs> bit heavy. How is that more heavy? Is it? Yeah, I guess it is more heavy than just a jersey. But there was that, you know, okay. you read the article about the teammates pushing for Troy to have a statue already while still playing football. Like, he was just that beloved, man. I think that's, I think that's another thing. It wasn't some, like, just guy who was all about him for four years. Like, it was about the team. Everyone loved him. I mean, if anyone, if any player in my lifetime is going to get a statue, it's Troy. I don't know if he's going to, but eh, eh, eh. <laughs> I'm not ready for the statue quite yet. I think maybe if we, if like Troy goes on to the NFL and becomes some sort of like myth, or if he like, let's say he like saves three kids in like a house fire <laughs> or something. That's what it takes to get <laughs> it. something. Or- Heroic. What does that have to yeah, do with and then we get a statue in front of Bobcat Stadium? Well, you got Sonny Holland out there. Did he save some, I just, some people from the from a fire? Oh, no. I love Sonny Holland, but <laughs> I didn't realize Where do you that. put it then? Like, so if you got Sonny Holland, where do you put the Troy statue? I don't know, man. So what would you put it up? Like, if, if the statue of Troy, would you have him, like, high kneeing through some guy's face? Yeah, yeah. Like the classic, like, uh, yeah, the galloping, uh, purebred Troy stance. I had a thought today about the national championship game after watching those Troy highlights. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? I do not. If we put Troy in for quarterback in the national championship game after Tommy gets hurt, what do you think about that? Oh, oh, I was not prepared for that question. Um, (laughs) the game could be closer. I mean, obviously, honestly, the defense got trucked. Let's be real. Yeah. Maybe they would have gotten trucked worse with Troy, but it's hard to imagine them getting trucked worse. Four touchdowns in the first half and the touchdown on the first drive of the second half. Maybe the offense would have helped stymie some stuff if they were able to (laughs) score some points and uh, eat some time off the clock. I don't know. Good question. It couldn't have been worse. It could not have been worse. So. Yeah, you couldn't use him on defense, though, because yeah, he well, yeah. has been... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if the defense couldn't have... I, I hate to say it. The defense couldn't have played much worse. Good point, man. Well, I think it was uh, North Dakota State, man. They just exposed us. Yeah, it did. They went after <laughs> North Troy. North Dakota State's so good. So why not put so Troy good. on defense? Let's build a statue. 
So are right. you disappointed? This is another Golden Cooley question here from Colorado Cat on Bobcat Nation. Are you disappointed that Troy only had one touchdown in his senior season and it was on defense? Well, absolutely. For sure. He missed a couple pick six. One at Weber and then another at uh, Eastern Washington. Uh, as far as uh, offensive touchdowns, yeah. yeah, we have so many offensive playmakers. I, I didn't need to see Troy galloping through uh, teams and running down the sideline again that that there was nothing in me that it needed that needed to like uh, satisfy okay so I, I see your point I was gonna say absolutely no I'm not disappointed but uh, yeah I, I could see being disappointed because he has opportunities slip right through his fingers where he could have scored but uh, no I'm not yeah. disappointed that his only touchdown was on defense because it showed that he was able to finally focus on one position and not be like ran into the ground and overused, whatever. I was happy the way his senior year went. It was historic. He played great. He got better and better as the season went on. That one touchdown definitely brought back flashbacks. Like, oh, man, I enjoy watching Troy touch, Troy uh, score some touchdowns. But uh, you know what? Overall, I'm not disappointed. Honestly, I'm, I'm happy with the way that the season turned out for Troy and the Bobcats. Wow. Troy Anderson. This is the last time we're going to talk about Troy Anderson, man. Oh, 2018, I remember just being kind of peeved that we talked about Troy Anderson all the stinking time, and now I'm here 2022 thinking, that gum is it. This is it. I mean, if we would have started the podcast one year before that, we would have been talking about nothing but Troy Anderson on this podcast, so we we even missed a whole season about talking about him. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, man. Like, uh, I felt like it's all we talked about, Woo! and now I'm going to be sad that we're not going to talk about him anymore, so pour out one of your all mocktail right. drinks for, for Troy Anderson. Good job at sprinkling in those golden coolie questions. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a uh, something we gotta try and do moving forward. I think it'll make our show a little bit more better flow. <laughs> we used to do it. We did, <laughs> but that was all me just doing it manually. I'm, try- I'm putting it in the document now. So anyway, there we go. Um, anything else you want to say about Troy Anderson or, or any of the seniors before we move on? To kind of. I think we'll go right back to our season predictions and see where we landed. But anything else you want to say about the senior class or the or the uh, players that are, are no longer going to be part of the program for various reasons? Not really. I'm just very proud of them. It's been it's been interesting because we started this podcast in 2018. So the these guys have been part of the narrative of you your mind your conversations week in and week out, and see some of them graduating now. It gives you a little bit of like, you know, a pause to me. You're like, well done, guys. But now it's now it's not time for the new class to step up. New a new crop of seniors to come through. And uh I guess that's just gonna be the story coming, you know, year in and year out for us. Like like uh the picture that you screen captured and we tweeted out passing in the guard. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so you want to jump into our? Uh, do you want to do this, some of the top storylines from the season, or do you just want to go straight into uh, our preseason predictions and where we were right or wrong? What do you think it makes more sense right now? Probably the predictions. I mean, I don't feel like we need to go back and rehash anything about Jeff Cho leaving or uh, season being canceled by COVID. All those happened and put a a weird arc to this season because we just waited for the season to happen for so long. I mean, we, let's just acknowledge that right off the bat. But I think we go right into 
start of Wyoming. Let's talk about a little bit about our predictions, and uh, we'll we'll play around in that land for a while. Do you want to go game by game? Is that what you're thinking of? I think we already did that. We already we? did that for the uh, how did the Bobcats get to Frisco episode. Yeah. So if no, you want to kind of do that, yeah, if you want to go do hear us kind of recap the games and how we were feeling at the time, we did that uh, in a the Montana State Path to Frisco episode of, uh, before their national championship game. But uh, we'll just kind of first start with, I think, our overall predictions for this season. And I have that written down here, fully splashing something up. What? I have it written down in my old media guide. Oh, uh, media guide. He's, he's, yeah, if you don't know, uh, Foley's holding night. up something on the camera. We 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 video conference each other here, so he's I was distracted by that. <laughs> but Ryan Foley picked, I believe, eight and three. Is that what you have over there? Yes, with I losses to Wyoming, to Weber State, and to Eastern Washington. And correct, Ryan Thornbrick, me Thorny, picked uh, nine and two losses to Wyoming. And Weber State. I will put in a big caveat here that I was actually going to pick us losing to to the Grizz, but I decided I can't do that on this podcast, no matter how I actually feel about the matter. So I picked us to win it. But in reality, I would have picked eight and three with losses to Weber, Wyoming, and the Grizz if I wouldn't have come to the conclusion that I just can't do that. But yeah, nine and two. So I I, I win the I win the closest final record, obviously because it was identical to the final record. So yeah. But we were both actually pretty close. Um, we didn't go any further than that playoffs or anything. But, yeah, that's pretty exciting. I see us both be optimistic, pick pretty good records, and then the Bobcats hit the mark. That, I thought for sure we'd lose at Eastern Washington. That was probably my highlight of the regular season was being those guys in Cheney. And Eastern and was good this year, too. It's not like Eastern had a crap year and we just oh. caught them on a down year. We were actually went into Cheney and beat a highly ranked team and a team that ended up making the playoffs and winning a playoff game. That was a huge win. But I, I remember calling in the preseason episode where we're talking about this. I'm like, this is the year, man. We get the monkey off the back. We go to Cheney and we just do it. We take care of business. Complete. No logic behind that. I just gut feeling. So. <laughs> and but, we play Eastern and Cheney again uh, next year. You going this year? Next year? Yeah, this year, 2022. I don't know, man. I, I wanted to go this year, and then I knew I was going to be a nervous Nelly the whole game, and I chickened out, but I went to the alumni event, so I probably should go. You should, man. You should. Hey, let's get into the where our postseason, or excuse me, let's get into the preseason episode <laughs> where we talked about, and specifically, let's just talk about where we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some doozies in here. Um, we boy, boy, we uh, this is where we went kind of on the roster. We talked about personnel and who we thought would contribute and who wouldn't contribute. This is not the prediction episode. I don't remember actually what the name of this episode was, but I went back and we listened to it just to make sure we had some uh, content for this episode. Where do you want to start, man? I think we both. I think <laughs> I we're actually we're both relatively good, but there's one glaring thing I said obviously here that I'm sure you're just chomping at the bit to. <laughs> Tell everyone here. Uh, Let's just start off there. You weren't you, you you weren't wrong because you who saw this coming? It was about Tommy Malott. Tommy Malott being a fifth string quarterback at the time, and Thorny quote Thorny said, "I don't see Tommy Malott factoring in much at QB this year," <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, relatively accurate until Matt McKay got benched. But yeah, that's uh, looking back on that, I'm like yeah. Clearly, and he becomes 
Just like freshman phenom. Yeah, yeah. Top <laughs> wow. storyline of the season, probably Tommy Mallott, to be honest. Ah. Yeah, we both predicted that Tucker Rovick would win back the job after the spring episode. We said this back in the spring that we think that uh, whoever starts wouldn't last the whole year and Rovick would win back the job. But we kind of felt we were kind of accurate on that. The starting quarterback didn't make it the whole year. It just wasn't Rovig who took his spot. So for some reason, we both decided that whoever was winning, won the starting quarterback role wasn't going to make it the whole year. <laughs> I don't know we why. We both thought the wide receiver room was stacked, and it was. Being where I thought I was wrong was I thought Jaden Smith would be a, a bigger part of the offense. I didn't see the, all the balls going to Lance McCutcheon and Willie Patterson. I thought we'd spread around the wealth a little bit more. I was a little bit wrong on that. Yeah, I had my breakout offensive player was Jaden Smith. And clearly it didn't happen. And there's obviously time for him to turn into that. He's only yeah. a freshman, but just kind of funny looking back on who we thought would be good. Uh, you had Ty Okada as your defensive player breakout. Smart choice. And on offense, though, you had uh, Jahari Martin and, and Elijah Elliott. You, you mentioned them both. And uh, <laughs> I guess Martin would be the bigger choice there because he was a successful fullback Elliot didn't do a lot now that wasn't his fault he didn't get any touches but clearly no neither one of those guys were like a breakout worthy at this point I don't think and I picked Daniel Hardy defensively and then uh yeah Jaden Smith offense defensively we were uh spot on offense I thought you picked Troy Anderson for the defensive MVP this is the breakout players oh this is different we also picked uh the players of the year on both sides of the ball, which uh, we both chose Isaiah Afonze, preseason offensive MVP. Good choice there. I think that was accurate. Yeah. You chose Daniel mm-hmm. Hardy for your defensive MVP, and I chose Troy Anderson. Also both. Yeah. Troy. No, we're not going to be able to whisper that anymore. The whispers of Troy. <laughs> Gone. One thing that I th- um, I wanted to mention that you were wrong about I was talking about Logan Jones, and you told me that Lane Sumner to you feels a lot like a lot like Logan Jones, and you're not concerned about replacing Logan Jones. I think this year proved that Logan Jones was more valuable than I think people gave him credit for, because he could attack the edge like nobody else on the roster can. Personally, hard to you say, that man. Wrong. You weren't like, to... glaringly wrong, but I just wanted to. We're trying to point out wrong stuff. You you didn't make a lot of bold predictions in that episode, so that's what I came up with. <laughs> well. It's hard to say. I mean, and the reason why I say that is like, how many touches is Afonso getting compared to everybody else? I don't think any either, anybody saw that coming either, because we both thought the running back room was stacked. We both said that, mm-hmm. and maybe it is, but no one got an opportunity to prove that. Another uh, thorny, funny thing here. I don't think we're going to see very much Wildcat quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't. Well, we we saw a fair amount. Tell me what. I mean, <laughs> I guess we saw it in later part of the season. Yeah. Uh, but we we saw it more than I thought we would. But I was, I guess I was right. We didn't see it very much in the in the normal course of the season until things kind of uh, required something else to get the offense. Hey, started. Ryan, do you want to go down the, the hole about a dual quarterback system for a little bit? Or do you want to, you want to shelf that? What do you mean? Like, what are we going to do next? My question yeah, next year. Do we have a question about that? No, I was just thinking about this earlier today, though. Does Montana State run a dual quarterback system next year? I mean, we kind of did this year. More and more the season went on until it was all Tommy. 
But uh, Tommy can't well, do that. Oh, got John Chambers coming in. Yeah, Tommy can't run the ball 20, even 20 times a game. I don't think he can do that for a whole season. I think we have to do a dual quarterback system just to keep Tommy fresh if he's going to be that much of a running quarterback. I don't know how much it's going to be, but yeah, I kind of see us kind of, I want to say what North Dakota State did, but that's kind of not really accurate because neither Sean Chambers or I assume Sean Chambers would be the guy in this scenario because I don't think a guy from an FBS program is going to transfer to Montana State to do nothing. So if if it's going to be like a Chambers Malat type situation, they're just going to run the ball, both of them, <laughs> yeah, to keep the to keep the other one fresh to be able to run the ball. So yeah, I can I can see a situation. I just yeah. How about you? Yeah, I, I kind of think I was kind of leaning into that, thinking that might be a possibility. There's some big questions I have about the quarterback. I be, I don't feel like we probably should talk about it right now. We'll we'll get into that. I don't know when, right? But uh, probably during the spring spring game, and we'll recap that when it comes around. That's good. It's a good uh, thought. We're gonna do definitely some 2022 preview stuff here. I don't know when, but th- we're going to keep this mostly focused about 2021 here. But uh, that's a good question moving into next year for sure. Big, big question, especially with Tommy's injury. Big question. Yep. Big question. I do want to give myself one little pat on the back before we move on here. I did say, and I quote, this is Lance McCutcheon's year to really take the reins and be a productive yes, receiver. You did say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Called that one. Um, yeah, that's about the only thing I really put out there that I'm confident I feel good about like nail it type situation from that episode. I had a big gaffe. I said, I don't know if Troy might not, Troy might not ever be Troy again. Yeah. And he had a clip. He had a badass season. Troy 2.0 <laughs> defensive Troy. So. I was also really concerned in that episode about replacing Conkle and yeah, me too. Jacque actually. And Jeffrey Manning and Trey Webb did a fantastic job. I thought they played probably even better in a lot of respects. I mean, we had Jockway Allen, Braden Conkle, and JoJo Henderson last year. Like, that was a hell of a trio of safeties. JoJo, I yeah. thought, was a very right? underrated player for the for Montana State when he was playing. But then then this year, we got Ty Okada, Trey Webb, and Jeff Manning. Boom. What about next you know, year? All in all, I thought we did. Yeah. Ooh, uh, yeah. No, let's not talk about it. Let's not think about that. Because that's yeah, going to be another situation not. where we're going to have to figure out how to replace some very talented secondary players. <laughs> well, Jeff Manning will still be there. He will. Anti Okada. I guess it's just uh, Trey Webb. Rylan Ort. Yeah, there you go. Rylan Ort, Trey Webb. Kudos all to Trey all, Webb, man. Pretty good. All, <laughs> all in all, Thorning, I thought we did pretty good in our predictions. We had a couple glaring mistakes, but who could have ever tell? We, did, we didn't know uh, Brent Vegan. We didn't know. No. How the whole season would unfold. And man, uh, you know, looking back right now, obviously super happy about the the season. I was slow. I want to talk a little bit right now about the Bren Vegan train. I think you and I were both kind of slow to warm to Bren Vegan. We wanted to. We kept looking for it every week. The narrative we would talk about is like, do you trust him more? Do you trust him more? And it kept like, yes, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And I think by South Dakota State, which is right before the national championship, I was full Coach Vegan. See, the, for me, it was earlier than that. And Cat Grizz definitely 
soured that little bit, but I wasn't like jumping off the ship like some people were on Bobcat Nation. Like, oh, he doesn't get cat grits. Like, this guy's never going to get it. Like, what's the point? Uh, you, I think you were slower to come around, Brent Vegan, because I think you just had a slower coming to terms with Jeff Choate not being our coach anymore. But I mean, it yeah. took some time. Like, I was positive from the beginning, and he just kept winning and winning. But I think I think it was really after the Eastern Washington win because that was a game I felt that we haven't been able to win in the previous staff and Brent Vegan got his guys up for that game and we played really well, even though we could play better. We still won the game. Like it was such a a good win. And I just felt good. Like at this point we've beaten Weber state. We've beaten Eastern Washington, two teams that we've just couldn't get over the hump with. At that point I was like, Brent Vegan, man, I'm giving a lot of this credit to Brent Vegan and I'm on board right now. Now I'm wondering who he's going to hire to for DC and all the all the spots that we have to fill. Yeah, so it's been a roller coaster for Bobcat fans, giving off the Jeff Choate train and getting onto the Brent Vegan train. But man, Brent Vegan took us all the way to the national <laughs> championship. I don't care. You can make all this argument about the talent wasn't his recruit, blah blah blah. He still was the head coach. He still made the game plan adjustments, all these kinds of things to get us to the national championship. He deserves a ton of credit. And I think we're both big fans of his at this point, and I can't wait to see um, what the program can do in the in the coming years. All right, favorite memories. All right, so let's. Uh, do you want to start off with some golden coolie or some user listener submitted memories before we get into our own stuff here? Sure. So Colorado Cat, uh, a good listener of ours. Thanks, thanks again for Colorado Cats for submitting these. Um, he has two favorite moments to uh, the gold rush run out the first time out of the new building. The first time since 2019 horses gold rush. So great to have Bobcat football back. I mean, that's an underrated part of the season. We missed an entire season of Bobcat football. Yeah, that sucked. That sucked. <laughs> just w- totally coming sucked. back and just being, and this wasn't like, he's talking about gold rush, but man, just that Wyoming game. I'm like, I'm watching Bobcat football right now. It was almost surreal. I was just excited. But, the yeah, the home game, you and I were there. I can't even argue with that. Just the first home game in Bobcat Stadium after COVID, all that blah, blah, cancellation stuff. It's got to be got to be one of the highlights of the season. And then the other one he has on here is the South Dakota State game from start to finish. Probably the greatest experience just about any of us have ever had in the stadium. Super bummed. We didn't go to that game. I'm super bummed. I wasn't there. <laughs> but even like watching on TV, that's still probably the biggest, like the top experience I've had watching a Bobcat game ever. Just ever. I would agree with that. It was magical. I was in tears. We talked about that. I mean, we went to Amazing the national championship. You. Yeah. Being the Grizz is like, like that's euphoria for Bobcat fans, but. I didn't know what it felt like to have a game that was on the line to go to the national championship. I mean, we had it in 2019 against North Dakota State, but to actually be in the game and have it within reach and then getting that was just cloud nine. Oh, my God. Never had that feeling as a Bobcat fan. It was it was insane. And the interesting part to me, Ryan, is when we got to that point and we were in that game, even after like Sam Houston, it erased all the bad memories of the Cat Grizz for me. Like that game oh, just absolutely. seemed like an isolated event. It seemed like the the final straw from Matt McKay 
it was just I don't know how to put it now, but like I look back on that game, I'm like, eh, we lost that game, big deal, right? It it, it didn't it doesn't affect me. Like the whole uh, the whole playoff run totally erased any feelings of the Cat Grizz to me. And in fact, I didn't even think about the Cat Grizz at all, hardly during the month of December or January. That that wasn't like a part of my like thought about Montana State. It was like it was all playoff, all playoff, all Tommy Malott, all like this this fantastic run through these awesome teams and. Uh, yeah, it was just erased everything about the Cat Grizz. Yeah. Which just made me, just reified in me, like, I feel like the fans make the Cat Grizz more than it actually is. It's a cool game, no doubt. It's the Brawl of the Wild. It should be celebrated. It is a tough game. But this, to me, the taste of winning or going to the national championship, I will take that every year, every year, if we don't beat the Grizz. I mean, if we, if we could go to the national championship every year and get this march through the playoffs, I would take that if you said, you had to choose losing to the losing to the Grizz and making it I, I would go to the making it every year I mean every year that just shows you how amazing that win was because losing cat Grizz is like one of the worst heartbreaks you'll have as a Bobcat fan it just sucks yeah no matter even if you're yeah. if you're two and eight going into the game and you're losing the game it's still just like bleh. but that <laughs> beating South Dakota State just completely wiped out like, I don't even care yeah, right. Grizz fans can talk all the crap they want. Like I don't, I don't. They care. weren't even. I do not care. Yeah. Like, we're going to the national championship game. Nothing else. Nothing else matters to this point. It's a whole new feeling, man. It was. It was. It was amazing. <laughs> so agreed. Hundred percent agreed. And those Grizz fans knew. They're like, damn it, we're not even playing this yeah. weekend, and the catch this won't be in South Dakota State on ESPN. Shit. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, they could talk all the crap they want. I didn't even care. I didn't even respond to it. I'm just like cock of the walk, man. It's like who cares? Who cares what you think? Yeah, <laughs> uh, one more here from ND0479 on Bobcat Nation. He said one of his favorite plays of the season was actually Matt McKay's touchdown run against Eastern Washington. He said it's kind of what he was expecting to see from him all season, so he was just happy when he did it. But then he watched Tommy do it like 15 times. But agree, man. Like I. <laughs> That was kind of like was a big moment. What Matt McKay was capable of in so many ways, and he just couldn't quite keep that high level of play. But you know, he had a great game against Eastern Washington, and that was not just throwing yeah, the ball, but running the ball. And like, like if he could have played like mm-hmm. that the whole year, I mean, who knows how it ends up? If he doesn't lose Cat Grizz, he doesn't get benched. Maybe, maybe we don't make the national championship. Whatever. But that was definitely a highlight. Like that was a that was a moment tone setting. Yeah, tone setting in that in that game. Like, hey, man, this is. Can we beat Eastern Washington? Because even at that point, I made that preseason prediction that we're going to beat them. I'm not super confident going into that game, but that was something that definitely sparked me and gave me hope. And, man, uh, people like to dog on Matt McKay and, and how it went down, but, you know, he got us to where we were, and we wouldn't be the national championship if it wasn't for Matt McKay. And that that, pl- that plays against uh, Eastern Washington was very exciting to watch as a Bobcat fan, so... You know, I I would definitely put that in one of my top plays of the season for sure. Tone setting play, I think it was the first uh, touchdown of that game. It gave me a shot of, hey, we got this. A vim, a vim, give me a shot of vim. <laughs> Good one. I haven't thought about that one. All right, yeah, for Let's sure. Think about ours. I mean, favorite moment. Go ahead. I got nothing. So I got two. The whole Sam Houston State game, because I knew going into that game, I was feeling so down. You and I, we talked about this 
plenty of times texting throughout the week. We're going to get buried. We're going to get buried. We whooped those guys. And it felt so good, especially after losing those guys in 2011, 12, whatever years those were back then. Holy smokes. And that was on my birthday, too. So that was like a perfect birthday present for me. And then South Dakota State. I think that has to be my all-time favorite part of this uh, this year, hands down. It was, in a, it was a, an amazing game. The aftermath, too. Seeing all the amazing media that came out. Hearing, uh, if you want to play in Texas, you have to have a fiddler in the band. <laughs> blaring over to loudspeakers. Yeah, that's and cool. our announcer saying, your, na- your Bobcats are going to the national championship. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I still get goosebumps. I just did a poor reenactment of it, but that whole moment, man, man, ooh, yeah, chills still, buddy. I can't. Still. Yeah, I mean that's top three Bobcat moments for me all time, if not the top. Like that was just ooh, top three, man. That's that's big. I, I want to go down that path. in a lot of ways because of the, the just the moment of it, the impact, the importance of it for the program, for everything, for the players, for the the stadium being electric like it was like it just the confluence of everything coming together is unmatched in a lot of ways. So we've talked, I mean, that's obviously there. Sam Houston state. I'm glad you mentioned that because number one team in the country, man, I don't care if they're overrated or whatever. They were number one team in the country. We went on the road in the, in the playoffs and just pounded them. Like how, they that don't just, lose at home either. They they don't lose like at home. That was their 30 game winning streak. That was, I think, their first loss in the playoffs at home. Yes. So we sent yes. them out of the FCS to the FBS with their only loss in the history of Bowers. I think it's Bowers Stadium in the playoffs, courtesy of your Montana State Bobcats and Tommy Watt. How cool is that, right? Like, they, that first half was magical. Holy smokes. Magical. Like, 28 nothing. I've never seen the Bobcats just pounce on a team like that. Like, at that point, is that is that where I made the tweet? Like I'm so full of vim, I need to change my shirt. Was that the Sam Houston State game? <laughs> I think like, it I was, was so bad. hyped, yeah. man. Like 28 to zero, I'm just like, <laughs> it's like one of the like the most like Hulk like like moments I've had as a Bobcat fan. I was just so <laughs> so hyped up right then, man. It was uh, it was crazy. So we, we've talked about some of the like, talk about that. The last thing I want to mention, um. Weber State, man. That kid's overlooked. Really? I think. Yeah. That was an ugly game. It was nasty. It was an ugly win. Mm-hmm. But that was a game like you knew Weber State was struggling, but that was still a game. We weren't going down to Ogden. I didn't I didn't think we could win that game in the moment. Going to that game. And that really was the first win that set off the chain of what I've been calling all season, getting the monkeys off the back, monkey toss, monkey toss in season or whatever. That was the first <laughs> monkey off the back, man. That kind of set the foundation for the rest of the big wins. We had to knock that one out before we could knock out Cheney, Eastern Washington, before we could knock out, you know, big playoff wins, going to the national championship, semifinal wins, all these things. That was the first one. And to get that done, I think was so crucial to the rest of the season's success because you wouldn't have been where we were if we weren't able to beat Weber State in Ogden. Even though, you know, we were state didn't finish as high as they would like. Huge win. I was very, very excited at the mo and in, in that moment. I mean, I have to throw that in there as one of my favorite moments of the season. Kind of was a big domino that fell in the season right there. Did the first one? Yeah. Good point, Ryan. So and then the other highlights obviously just tell me a lot, man. 
just seeing this <laughs> this kid that I was like super hesitant about. Like, man, he's gonna make his first playoff start or his first start in the season. The playoffs. I don't know, man. I don't know about this. Duh. How much? How much ass did the Bobcats in general just start kicking when Tommy Malott started being our quarterback? All of the asses. Right? <laughs> when you look back through our playoffs, we just looked like a different team. The guys were just more energized. We had a different level of uh, panache. We had a different level of, uh, give me the word, Ryan. Oh, swagger. Physicality, just like confidence maybe that came out of us. Cats were on fire throughout the playoffs. They like, were. What a time to hit. What a time to hit the hit the gas pedal. Coming off the cat grizz when we were all feeling pretty down about ourselves. And then we just kicked some ass. I mean, that's kind of the took names. Something man. we need to talk a little, a little bit about. Just the roller coaster of that. So down after cat grizz. We got pounded in Missoula. There's no sugar coating in. I was not optimistic about the playoffs at that point. But man, just to just to go on the biggest tear that the Bobcats have ever gone on in the playoffs, like just whooping people, man. The closest game was South Dakota State, fourteen points. That was the closest margin of victory in those playoffs run. Crazy, mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. So yeah, just the 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 lows of that because things were kind of angling down towards the low. So we just, we just hadn't been playing very well. We were just kind of eking out victories. They came to a crash in Missoula. And you're just like, oh, well, we're in the playoffs. So let's see what we can do. Boom, just skyrocket straight back up. What a roller coaster of emotions that was. <laughs> yeah, right. But then all came crashing down in the halt when we played North Dakota State again. That's all right. That's all right. Those stinking bison. Man, They're... we suck against the bison. We literally just played terrible yeah. against the bison. Yeah, they just uh, had our think number. It's because we tried to be the bison. At one point, we need to just be Montana State. I don't know what that means right now. I know we've been trying to well, model our program after North Dakota State, but I, I was kind of thinking about this. Like, when do we stop trying to be like them and start trying to be like us? I don't know what that really means, but like, we can't always try to be about North Dakota State. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. We lost Tommy a lot, our starting quarterback in that game. So North Dakota State, we not were a, be anybody besides them. We they're, were they're champ. They're they're the champions. They're going. Who are we going to be? We're going to be us. Where's Montana State thinking right now? We got to be more like North Dakota State. Well, we were. Is that a good thing? We were a different version of the Bobcats when Tommy Law was quarterback. That's something we hadn't seen. We would still lose that game, though. Yeah. I mean, we, we probably would have, but I'm just saying, like, that was, we weren't trying to out bison the bison. We were doing something different with Tommy Lott. Tommy Lott's like nothing the bison have rolled out ever. Yeah. Okay. Thanks to thanks to end this episode on a down note though. Nice nice job. Yeah, put that narrative. To- <laughs> Good job, fully. All right. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about on the season recap? Let's let's go through our notes here and make sure we hit everything. We're about an hour in. I think we're doing just fine. I got nothing. I'm else, super man. stoked for Coach Vegan. I I want to see what's coming up, man. I think this guy's going to be gold for Montana State. I agree, man. It was it was pretty compelling to watch him like be teary-eyed about talking about when he first got here and talking to the guys about having them and then they had the belief in him and buying into his system he was getting all teary-eyed in the post-game press conference for the North Dakota State championship game if you haven't watched that go back and listen to it and watch that like if you weren't a believer in Brent Vegan I think you probably you have to be after watching that so 
Yeah, I'm excited for him, man. I'm excited to see where the Bobcats can head in uh, under his direction. Can't wait to see the guys we sign, some guys we pick up off the transfers. Uh, we have some big holes to fill. Our, our defensive line needs to get stocked up with some big bodies. Our offensive line needs to continue to build those bodies. Uh, we've got some good guys coming up. I mean, there's a lot to talk about coming into 2022. There is. <laughs> I can't wait to go. Let's talk about next week. Let's go right forward, man. Let's get into the episode. Break down the games. <laughs> I know. I'm just it's, joking. It's, well, it's kind of crazy. Like, uh, signing day is going to be coming up. Spring football is going to happen real quick. Like, we've never yeah. played football this late into a season, and all of a sudden it's going to be, like, the next season before we know it. We weren't done in, like, November or December. Like, I mean, we played all the way into January. Here we are. It's going to be upon us before we know it, so we don't have to wait as long as normal. So take the listen that. Winter uh, workouts will start soon. We'll probably be getting some information on just like the social medias about like guys lifting. So, yeah, if you want to look at dudes lifting weights, pay attention to the <laughs> Instagrams and Twitters, and you're going to get excited because you'll see some of your favorite players looking all sweaty and ripped in there. <laughs> it's going to be the, it'll be the fodder on the board, right? You're going to go to Bobcat Nation and you'll be like, ah, oh, what's going on? Nothing. Nothing's going to be happening for a long time. So it's just uh, the stark reality of that setting in. So we just got to wait. Any commentary on the 2021 season? Any final comments? <laughs> yeah, man. It's one of my favorite seasons on Bobcat, uh, Bobcat football. My favorite. I mean, it was tough. Like you, like you said, it was tough lo- losing to the Grizz. But like right now, that seems like such an afterthought of what we accomplished. Just the experience of going to the national championship, being there in person, you and I, it just makes you, it kind of changes your perspective on like what you think the Bobcat program could or should be. Like, I want to be back there. Like that's, I want to get back there. Right. Like, I don't want to just that's go it, to the man. quarterfinals and lose. Like I want to go back to the national championship. It's in, I got that in my system now. It can be hard to get it out. I know. And I don't want to minimize the Cat Grizz because now I feel like if we go into the Cat Grizz and we lose, my mentality shifted. Just like you said, like, well, okay, we lost that game. Can we get right for the playoffs? Yeah. Are we going to make the run? Kind of funny that both North and the Dakota most important State part- and uh, Montana State both lost the rivalry games. Kind of funny. Correct. And the most important part, Ryan, is now we have that taste in our mouth. We know what it takes to make the run, That's right. even after a loss in the Cat Grizz. There's no, like, well, what if? We've done it now. So the, the, the guys on the, on the squad, they can teach the younger guys, hey, this is what it looks like. This is how it feels. This is what we need to do pre- to prepare. I'm excited, man. Can't wait to get back to the playoffs again next year. Just another step in the evolution of the winning culture at Montana State. Absolutely. National championships are coming, my friend. Let's do it. Let's do it, Brent Vigan. <laughs> That's the way we end the episode. National there championships are coming. National championships <laughs> are in our future. Woo! All right. Well, ah. nothing else to say there. That was a fun season, a season to remember. Hope everyone enjoyed the season and listening to this podcast and just being a part of Bobcat Nation as we made this run as we did. Um, thanks everyone for listening all season long. We're going to take a break after this, regardless of what Foley's talking about, starting to talk about next season. Um, <laughs> I will not be down for that. So we will be taking a break. <laughs> um, 
You can always find us on Twitter, RRCatCast. You can always find us on the web at RRCatCast.com. You can always shoot us an email at RRCatCast at gmail.com. We'll do some off-season episodes, but don't worry. But um, one last thing. Thanks, Jeremiah Johnson, for being our awesome sponsor for the entire year. And Foley, let's end this with a Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. 